0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of the expert trader podcast series. We have a very special guest on the show today. Good friend of mine, Mr. Abel Melendez. Abel, welcome back to the expert trader podcast.
1: Man, I definitely appreciate you having me back.
0: I mean, you're always welcome on the show. Um, I think it's been like six, eight months since the last time we talked. So do you want to talk to the folks at home? Tell them what you've been up to? What's been new in your world?
1: Um, I mean, there's pretty much been a lot of the same been happening, just continuing to grow, continue to get better, continue to perfect the skill set and uh, just really just going ahead and trying to impact as many people as possible. You know, I believe since the last time we spoke was it might have been over a year ago. I believe so. It might have been right. But um, there's definitely been a lot of changes as well, you know, from my situation back then to the company that I was employed by to then, you know, what I plan on doing moving, moving forward in the future. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of excitement, though. I'm excited for this new path, this new journey that I'm actually headed towards. And, yeah, I look forward to continuing to impact a lot of lives.
0: So in terms of trading, are you still going to be focused on trading? Are you taking your talent somewhere else? What are you thinking about in the trading space? I mean, I, I don't I don't
1: think I'll ever stop trading, all Right? You know, no matter what level of success I end up getting to, it's one of those things, like, it's a skill, right? Especially if it's a skill that you actually get good at you're not going to stop doing it no matter what, you know, you're going to continue doing it every single step of the way. And you're always going to continue to look to get better no matter what level you're at, at least for me personally, right? I feel like a big reason why I've been able to really do certain things is because I've always been in student mode no matter what, right? Since day one, even so day, whatever this is, seven years later, right? I'm still always looking to grow, always looking to continue to get better. And that's probably never going to go away. So I'll probably be trading till the day I die, personally speaking, probably not as much, but I definitely will be trading a
0: lot more for sure. Uh, I'm gonna ask you about that. I'm gonna ask you how your trading's evolved. If you're doing any any like EA stuff or if you're just trading manual. But um, in terms of like the journey, you when you and I first met, you were an educator at IML. That was back when it was IML, and then it transitioned and became a new company and things like that. So what exactly happened in that period, and why have you decided to walk away? Just to kind of get it out of the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> I'm on my kids and, and my wife in the background, but no, this is um,
1: hilarious. Yeah, now it's definitely been a it's definitely been a crazy journey, you know. Because at the end of the day, you know that platform was the first platform to really give me an opportunity, you know that really allowed me to um, show people what I actually knew in the markets, you know, and they put me in a position to ultimately really just grow as a trader as well, you know, because of the other relationships and the people that I was around, the educators that I was able to also continue to grow and learn from. You know, but um, at the end of the day, for me personally, it went from me learning how to trade a lot through the platform, you know, contrary to popular belief, you know, you can actually learn in that platform. I learned a lot through the platform, personally speaking. And then it went from me actually learning to having crazy success, you know, about in 2017, 2018, I went absolutely crazy, I had a phenomenal trading year. So then me being an actual educator for the platform. And then I was an educator for the platform for the past four years until this uh, this March, I believe, is when I actually decided to take a step back. You know, it wasn't. It was literally just my decision on why I wanted to leave, and it's because I wanted to go ahead and just do something different, right? Do something different because the platform itself, again, it's a good platform. It just it has a lot of pros and cons to it. I will put it that perspective, right? It has a lot of pros and cons to, you know, the backside, the the uh, the corporate side of this whole whole platform, and um, I just felt like it was time for me to go ahead and take a leap of faith and just do my own thing. Right now, in terms of having an EA or anything like that, I don't have no EA um, as of yet, um, but what I my plans are moving forward now is really just to continue building my brand, right? Because I've always been big on personal branding. You know, no matter where you're at, you always want to make sure that you're building your own brand, building your own thing, something that you can eventually leave behind for your kids. And that's really the biggest decision why I decided to actually go ahead and take a, st- a step back from the platform was so that I can focus on me, my situation, my brand, you know, and um, just continue to really build that up to, to as, as, I mean, as high as possible. So a few things that I do have planned in the future is obviously sometime probably next year, you know, I am under a, a non-compete, technically speaking, right? So I won't be able to actually sell anything crazy, but probably sometime next year or even closer to the end of the year, you know, I do plan on coming out with my own academy, my own course, you know, my own platform, that I'm able to actually pretty much do what I want to do. All right. I have nobody over my shoulder telling me what I can and can't say. I don't have nobody trying to control what I can do. And I just will not have all that added stress from people just pretty much, you know, monitoring every single aspect. And I'll be able to literally set and create this Academy the way that I feel like is going to put people and the traders in the best position to absolutely win. Uh,
0: so, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on that topic, but first things I, I do agree, you can learn something at that platform. I learned a bunch from you when I was starting off, you know, just a little bit of, um, keeping things simple and learning the technicals and learning some of the key language around trading. So there's definitely talent there, but, um, so what do you really feel like you took away from that experience in terms of what it taught you about trading? Cause you were, ex- you were exposed to so many different things. There's, there's things like technologies, there's individuals that trade different styles. What do you feel like were some of the Biggest takeaways that you had from that experience there relating to to trading
1: yeah now that's a great question i mean the biggest thing you pretty much touched on right the different styles of trading that's out there right because obviously when a lot of newer traders come into this to this whole scene they're always looking for that one that one golden strategy right like what is the one thing that can can ultimately really go ahead and get me to the bag and the reality is you can really become profitable with various different amount of strategies, right? The platform offered a bunch, I mean, there was a hundred educators, right? Which a lot of them had their own versions or different styles of trading. And at the end of the day, they were profitable doing that. So just really seeing, right, how many different strategies are actually out there, you know, also realizing that there's actually a lot of people that are really actually doing this, right? That success is actually, Again, the statistics say that most people do not succeed with this, but there's a good amount of people that are actually seeing success trading, okay? There are a lot of people that are actually seeing success, you know, really taking advantage of this skill set that we all have access to. So that's definitely probably another one of the biggest things that I ultimately took was the fact that there are people actually winning and seeing massive, massive success. Another thing that I also got from, and this is probably going to be big, right, is that most of the traders that are on the platform, most of the people that I actually did see seeing success they also put in a lot of time to actually get to the levels that they're at. Like I'm talking about years and years and years of hard work and, and just going all in with it in order for them to get to that level of success. So just seeing the amount of time that other traders were putting in really just kept me humble for one and put in perspective on how hard and, and how much time I need to continue putting into this skill set so that I can just continue to really get better over time as well.
0: Is there like... <clears throat> And I know this is like a hard question, but is there like a rough number of years that you saw on average, it took someone to be successful to that level? That's a good question.
1: For the most part, at least right now, currently today, all the most successful traders that I personally know, right, whether they're in the platform or not, you know, they've been doing it for probably four or five years for them to actually get to a level where they're like, man, this is, this is really, really starting to change my life. So I would say probably like around three, four or five years around that range is when the aha moment finally happened and they're actually able to live off of trading. Right. And that's similar for me. Like I actually ended up going full time after my third or fourth year of actually really going all in with this. You know, my first two years were rough. You know, I'm very transparent with my journey. You know, my first two years, I, I, I lost so much money. It's insane. I blew so many, so many accounts. It's crazy. But after that second and third year, when I finally really started to understand what it took, that's when everything really started to come into play. So yeah, to answer your question, probably like around the three, four, five year mark is where people really actually started to see some type of consistent gains.
0: Now, you said that there's like an aha moment. Um, What do you see that clicks? Like what changes between that period that makes someone successful? Is it enough experience? Like what, what do you think it is? I mean, experience is probably the biggest, biggest factor that separates the
1: people that are making money and the ones that aren't making money. right, because you can learn a strategy, but if you don't have the experience, you're not going to make no money no matter what. Right. So that experience is a big factor. But the biggest thing, at least for me personally, was just really being disciplined. Right. I truly believe that there's two things that most traders have to go through or must most traders have to understand in order for them to become successful. And those two things are having a high level of awareness and a high level of discipline right? Because when you have a high level of awareness, you finally figure out what's going right and what's going wrong. But you also have to have a high level of discipline in order for, cha- for you to change the things that are not going right and for you to be, you know, still remain humble and continue to grow overall. So high level of awareness and a high level of discipline is what really creates profitable traders. So that was my aha moment. Once I actually raised my awareness and I also raised my discipline, that's when the results really started to come. So what do you define as awareness? Like, what, what do you mean by awareness? Is a thing, right? When it comes to trading, we're, we all are aware of what we should and what we shouldn't do, right? And that's one thing that most traders are eventually going to really, really find out, man, maybe I should be doing this, right? I have the awareness to figure out what's going on here, what's going right here, what's going on there. But then awareness is just the one part. So being aware of what it truly takes is the beginning step to you really becoming profitable. But also having a discipline, is really what's gonna really make that, make or break you at the end of the day, right? So it's being just just aware of what it truly takes, right? And not getting so caught up in, you know, all this social media hype on on what Forex is and what Forex can do for you. We all know Forex is out here. Forex has been around now for, I mean, it's been around forever, right? But especially on the social media space, it's been been out for seven, eight, nine years now when it really started going crazy. So it's, it's not, it's all about just having awareness that yeah, this is real, but also having awareness to understand exactly what it
0: takes to actually go ahead and see consistent consistent gains consistent results so why do you still feel like first off do you actually believe that statistic that only 10 percent of traders win or five percent of traders win i mean the statistic is
1: there but this is also the biggest caveat to that yes it's there but most traders just they do not give it enough time to actually see this through right? Most traders, what do they do? They end up joining and within their first 90 days, they're already contemplating if they want to really continue to do this. So I I believe that the numbers are definitely getting much better because of all the access to mentors, the access to different courses and academies now that people have access to. I mean, there's thousands of courses out there. There's thousands of mentors out there, right? So now the access to information is definitely a lot more than what it used to be, but again it's just most people just do not give it enough time you know this is one thing i always tell traders if you come in and you set a time limit on how soon you need to see results you're already lost you're already lost you're not going to win at all because now you planted that seed of doubt in your mind and when times get tough where we know times are going to get tough that's when people decide to quit right so i I do believe the numbers are definitely getting better though right because a lot of more traders
0: have more awareness and they are finally really starting to understand what it really takes so that's actually a, a good point because I wanted to ask on, because you were mentioning the mentorships. So with all the resources that traders have today, how is it possible that there's still so many people who are struggling with trading? What do you still think that a lot of traders still struggle with today? Well,
1: trading is all about self-mastery more than it is anything else, right? So many traders focus on technicals, right? The, the, the forms of analysis, right? Technicals, fundamentals, sentimental analysis, right? They really focus 100% of their energy on that. But they don't take no time to really understand who they are as a person, right? I actually spoke about this last night on a stream that I did. Trading is really gonna show you who you are as a person, right? If you're not a disciplined person in real life, trading is gonna also correlate to that, right? You're gonna you're gonna see that in your trading. If you're not a patient person in real life, then you're also gonna be shown that in, in trading, right? Like shape, trading really just shows you who you truly are as a human being. And when you have that awareness to understand those things then you can actually go ahead and start really growing from that. That was the biggest thing for me personally, right? I always thought, at least in my whole life, I was very patient, right? Because I'm a father, I'm a husband, right? So you have to have a level of patience to actually, you know, have those titles. But the amount of patience and discipline you got to have with trading is it, completely different, right? It's a next level amount of patience and discipline and awareness that you have to have. So it's really all about self-mastery, right? And most people just do not take the time to actually realize who they are as a person and they don't put the time and energy to actually change the bad habits that they have so that they can de- develop the better habits that's ultimately gonna really help them you know,
0: grow as a trader. What's some keys or some key tips or some helpful things that you did in order to either boost your awareness or to put them into rules that you can follow? Was it journaling? Like what really was that thing for you? The biggest thing was journaling, right? Because when you actually write stuff down and you
1: actually keep track of everything, then you can actually go ahead and back test that information. Because uh, what most traders do, and I, I hate, I hate keep saying most traders, but it's just the reality, right? Most traders, what they do is they come in and they're just pretty much acting like this is a casino, right? Where you're just randomly betting on certain things, betting this, betting that, betting that. Where this is really all about educated guesses, right? Because nobody's going to be 100%. Trading is all about probabilities at the end of the day. But Mm -hmm. if you're able to give yourself that extra edge in the market by actually being educated, then you're going to be successful. But most people don't want to put in the work and actually try to figure out exactly how to become or get to that level. And it's because they're not taking advantage of the fact that you can actually journal your entire process, journal your entire journey, write this stuff down so that you can see what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, so that you can go ahead and actually improve on those things. So that's probably the biggest thing. Like you mentioned, the journaling aspect is so real. Like you have to be able to document
0: the entire process so you know exactly what you can do to improve. A lot of people don't journal because uh, well, some people say that it's too much work and I don't have the time. Those are generic excuses. But do you think there's something a little bit deeper about why that people don't journal their trades? Is it like, do they want to look at the results? Like, is there something else to it why people avoid it for so long? Because that was, that was the thing that changed my trading is I waited... A long time, I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure this out. As soon as as soon as I studied my patterns, I was like, there's certain things that I do here pretty regularly, that if I figure it out, I can kind of nip in the bud. So what did you see? I hope nobody takes it the wrong way, but I feel like people are just lazy. Like people are just more lazy than anything.
1: You know, people wanna take the, the shortcut to actually see this thing all the way through. And, and it, I actually said this last night as well, like as a trader, you get paid on the back end of the process of the journey, right? The amateurs focus on the front end, professionals focus on the back end, right? So most amateur traders, they're focused on the front end. They want to see the results on the front end of the process, on the front end of their journey. Mm. So they're trying to take every single shortcut possible so that they can start to see the results. But if you realize that, again, professionals get paid on the back end of the journey because they go through all the journaling, because they go through all the back testing, the forward testing, whatever it is, Mm. then they'll actually get what it takes, right? But again, at the end of the day, most people are just lazy, and they want to get to the money as soon as possible. And they're overlapping the fact you got to put in the work
0: up front, you get paid in the back end of it. Even after knowing this, let's say that we told a trader this. Is there still some things that a trader needs to get right before they can actually be successful? If they say, look, I'm not looking to take any shortcuts. What, really, what should I be doing? How should I be spending my time? What advice would you give the traders about how to utilize their time to get on that success path? Right. So for me, I know a lot of
1: things over the past, I would say years, right? Over the past 12 months, I've had a completely different change in my approach on how I'm actually going to get better. Right. Cause when I first started, my main focus was obviously learning technicals, which is what like everybody focuses on, right? Understanding technical analysis, because it is key. But one thing that we all need to understand is that the whole scope of trading involves multiple different parts. Okay. Including technicals, fundamentals, sentimental analysis. Okay, so I like to say this, and this is a a little um, comparison I like to do, right? You want to compare trading to pretty much like a big book that you're about to read. In order for you to get the entire context of that book, you have to read every single chapter of that book, right? Same thing with trading. If you really want to understand the full scope of trading, you have to understand every single chapter that involves with trading, right? That includes, yes, technical analysis, but technical analysis is probably the easiest part of the whole thing, right? That includes understanding fundamentals, right? economics is very, very important. I actually think about going back to school just to really learn more from an economical standpoint all the time, right? Just so that I can continue to get better from a fundamental standpoint. But one of the biggest things is sentiment. Like sentiment is really what controls long-term directional movement in this market. And these are things that I really wasn't aware of, right? Because the big boys, the smart money, they're moving based off sentiment, right? Risk off, risk on sentiment, things like that. So putting all that together and then obviously You know, emotional control, discipline, adaptability, all those other habits. Like it's all about reading every single chapter, right? So, one thing I would just recommend is don't skip no chapter. Understand all the chapters that are going to, you know, entail really becoming profitable. You hear it all the time. You hear various traders tell you exactly what you're about to go through. Make sure you actually spend a lot of energy on every single chapter, right? I've been trading now for seven years and I feel
0: like I'm still improving on every single chapter that entails a trading. And if you're reading a book, sometimes some chapters are shorter than others, some chapters are longer than others. So if you actually have to put a pie chart, I asked Michaela this, she was on the podcast last week, and she's um, she works at development at Huobi Global, So like a, an exchange. So if you, there's a pie chart of fundamentals, technicals, sentiment, how would you split that up between importance? That's a great question, right? So I actually have a system that I follow, right? first thing that I do
1: whenever I come to the markets or I'm ready to trade is I always look at things from a fundamental standpoint, right? Because obviously data is what's going to lead or what's going to control sentiment at the end of the day, right? Depending on how data gets released, sentiment is going to be created from that. And then based off the sentiment that we create, we're able to actually use that sentiment and correlate it to the actual charts. And then based off that correlation is when we actually use technicals to find out our entries, to find out our exits, find out where our take profits and all that stuff is going to be. So, I would say if we're only talking about, like, forms of analysis, then Mm -hmm. fundamentals is probably going to be the most important. Sentiment is going to be probably
0: right up there with fundamentals. But then technicals is probably going to be the smallest piece. Can you do, like, percentages? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but if you had to, like, split it up, like, 50% fundamentals, like, how would you split that up for real? Yep. So I would probably do, I would probably do,
1: I would say, 40, 40, and 20, right? 40 fundamentals, 40 sentiment. 20% 20% actual technicals, Oof, but okay. what is the, what is the reality here? What is most traders actually spend a hundred percent of their time trying to learn technicals, technicals. Right. And then they wonder why they're still always feel like there's that missing piece to this whole puzzle that that we have here. So you understand sentiment or you understand fundamentals, which is going to create sentiment. When you create, when you understand sentiment, you understand the bias. When you understand the bias, then you use technicals to align with that overall bias that
0: you create. From your trading, and guys, this is expert stuff. So I hope you're taking notes. Abel, from your trading, what have you learned about trading itself? And then after, I'm going to ask you a follow-up about what did you learn about yourself through trading? But what, do you, what did you learn about trading in the past, let's say, year and two years? Because a lot of people are like, once you're trading for four, five, six years, you figured it out, quote, unquote. So are you still learning in the markets? And if so, what have you been picking up the past couple of years? I still learn every single day,
1: right? I still have my mentors that I look up to, that I follow, that I listen to every single day, right? Because I know for a fact I don't know it all, right? Like I'm not, I'm not a know it all whatsoever. But one thing that I really learned is that trading is much more deeper than again any form of, of analysis out there, right? Like I mentioned, self-mastery is probably one of the biggest things. Like you really have to understand who you are as a person. And just to piggy off back off of that, onto your second question, right? What have I learned from myself? right, I learned for me personally that trading has ultimately made me a better person, right, trading has allowed me to become more disciplined in my relationship with my wife, right, trading has allowed me to have more patience with my wife and with my kids, right, trading has allowed me to ultimately grow as an individual, so my life and my relationships has literally improved because of these key concepts that I learned through trading, which is absolutely crazy, right, but those are the things that I feel like I've ultimately uh, pretty much just learned, right? That trading is much more deeper than any type of analysis out there. It's really about you and your, your, your emotions and you. It's pretty much you versus the charts, you versus the markets. And then, again, I just learned that I, I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, what's in control here. And I also been able to learn a lot and develop a lot of key habits in my life and in my relationship because of trading.
0: What's the difference between someone who's trading and trading is distracting them from their life, it's taken away from family time, it's kind of ruining their relationships, they're always frustrated and all this stuff, versus somebody who, like yourself, has a healthy relationship, is using trading to have some kind of personal development and grow. What's the difference there? I mean, it wasn't always like this, right? When
1: I first started, you know, again, I was pretty much trying to trade on a budget, which I always tell everybody is extremely, extremely hard to do, you know, because whenever you're trading with the need to actually make money right away, it usually never works out in that favor. So yeah, for me, when I first started, you know, me and my wife had crazy, crazy struggles, crazy situations, right? Because I was always choosing on funding my account as opposed to buying milk for the house, right? Because I don't come from a wealthy family whatsoever, right? So like we were literally living paycheck to paycheck. So I made those tough decisions, right? I made those risks, right? Really putting us in a financial struggle in a financial situation. So yeah, it obviously strained our relationship because at the end of the day, women, all they really want is security in life, right? If you can give your wife or your girl security, they're not going to nag you. They're not going to bother you as much. And I wasn't providing that back then, right? But I also realized that if I didn't take those chances, if I didn't take those risks, then I would still be living in that situation that we were pretty much living at, which really wasn't the best at all, especially raising kids. I didn't want my kids to see or or, or to experience how I pretty much was raised. So I ended up having to take those risks. I had to take those chances. And I mean, looking forward now, looking at where we're at now,
0: it was obviously completely worth it. And my wife would agree with that as well. For sure. So in those moments, what kept you going? So a lot of people are probably in your in those shoes right now to the point where they're struggling and they're trying to get to that next level. What helped you get through that phase? What helps you stay focused on personal development as opposed to just, you know, going through the motions and hoping you figured it out? I mean, it was
1: my my desire to actually change my situation. Right. They say desire is one of the most powerful things that a, a person can have. Right. Because when you have true desire for something, as long as you continue to work towards it, you're eventually going to get what you actually are seeking. Right. So it was my desire. I truly wanted change. I truly wanted to become successful. I truly wanted to actually see a massive increase in my income. Right. Because I was one of these people that used to see all these successful people on social media and I used to be low key jealous. I'm like, man, how can they do it? But I can't. How come he's doing this? How come he's doing that? But I can't do it. So I ended up not using that that jealousy as hate, but I used it as fuel to really motivate me to eventually get to that position. Because At the end of the day, they're human being just like I am right? They go to the bathroom just like I am. They bleed just like I am, right? They're no different than I am. It's just the access to information that they had was much greater than what I had at the time, right? So it was my desire
0: ultimately for change that really just fueled me to continue to actually go. So I do want to shift over to some lessons for traders. At Chart Addicts, like we focus a lot on, so number one is the desire, because if a certain person doesn't have the desire to get better, it's going to be a very long road and it's going to be a very rough road. But the second one is, like you said, equipping themselves with the tools and the education to not only trade well, but to be able to invest those funds and to be able to do something with that money. So I actually wanted to ask you, like, a lot of people always want to become a full-time trader and make all their money off of trading. Other people take their successful wins and the seasons they're successful and invest them. And they end up using that to fund the rest of their journey. So how do you think about like full-time trading versus taking funds out investing and things like that. I mean, you always want to take money out, right? You always got to pay yourself, right? That's one of my
1: biggest key rules. You always want to pay yourself, right? You know, cause you never know what's going to happen, right? The seasons in the market are real, right? The seasons that you're going to experience are real. You're going to have higher highs in the markets, but you're also going to have sometimes lower lows in the market as well. And if you're not paying yourself throughout that process, then those higher highs are not going to be nothing. If you didn't actually secure some of that, Um, Another thing that I always like to say is if you only trade, like if you only want to trade and that's your only source of income, that is very, very dangerous as well. Because one stream of income is way too close to no streams of income for me. Right. And at the end of the day, we're all human. Sometimes we're going to make some bad decisions, right? Human errors occur. So utilize the money that you get, especially when you do have a good period in your life and trading, and definitely go ahead and reinvest that into other streams of income. So at least trading is still at least more easier for you, right? Because once you're relying on that money, it's going to be that much harder for you to really continue to grow your account. So yeah, take that money and reinvest it into other assets or other avenues that are
0: going to bring in more money. And trading is going to get better over that too. Would you recommend this to everybody if someone's just working a regular job and they're still trying to get a, a hang of trading? You're saying that one stream of income is close to zero streams of income, meaning that you're only one step away, you're only one layoff away or one, you know, blown account away from basically not having a stream of income. So how should people be thinking about developing other streams if they're working a job and they're trying to get trading down, but they don't really have, you know, uh, have it down yet? Do you recommend they only focus on trading? Should they get a second job to fund their trading? What are some things that helped you in your journey? I mean, that's really going to be dependent on the person's situation, right? I don't want to be the
1: one to say, oh yeah, quit, don't take, don't get another job, right? Don't do two jobs, right? Because if people need that second job, then you know, who am I to say otherwise, right? But I will say this. If you do work a job or multiple jobs, make sure that you are prioritizing the things that's going to ultimately fund your future, which is could be trading, right? Trading is that one vehicle that can give you the capital that can really change your life. So yeah, take advantage of that job that you're at now, right? Use your job to fund your trading accounts so that you can eventually fund your future with trading and then eventually take that money as well to invest into other vehicles, right? But people need a job or two jobs or three jobs because of their situation, then it is what it is, right? I'm not, I'm yeah. nobody to try to, it's just <laughs> all about priority, right? Prioritize what is most important in your life and then figure out a system or a schedule that could work for you so that you're at least still putting some time and energy towards the things that's eventually going to, you know, really
0: help your future. For sure. So I guess it would be prioritization kind of goes hand in hand with time management. Like, how do you think about time management, especially with having a family, Uh, you know, you just walked away from a commitment, but you also had a commitment before and trading. How do you balance time and how do you think about time management? I mean, that's where you really got to just put your
1: entrepreneurship hat on, right? Entrepreneurship is a big part of entrepreneurship is time management. How are you prioritizing your time, especially when you're juggling so many different titles, right? I juggle being a husband, a father, right? Being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, being this, being that, being a trader, being an investor. But it's all about really just figuring out what is the most important aspects of that, of whatever it is that you're going through. Prioritize that first, and then make sure that you put some time in the background as well. Again, for me, family is probably always going to be the most important thing for me, right? So I really prioritize my family and my kids and spending time with my children and my wife. I probably prioritize that pretty much up there with trading, right? Because obviously trading is what's, what's paying the bills right now. So it's pretty much up there. Anything else after that, I'll have to create time separately opposed from those two things because those is my main focal points at the end of the day, right? Creating time, creating a
0: system for my trading, but also creating a system for my family and my wife so that they're also satisfied as well. So are you thinking about like, you said you're going to be trading for life. Where do you think trading plays a part in your life when your other streams are successful for you? When you do have a little bit more time to yourself, how do you think that you'll be trading? Is it like whenever you see an opportunity, whenever you want, how do you really think about that? I mean, that's a good
1: question, right? Because obviously as other businesses really start to grow, you're going to have to start putting energy and stuff into that a lot more. But for me personally, like I'm so used to my routine of waking up at a certain time, getting on the charts for a certain time, right? And doing that routine, I've been doing it for years now. So it's more so like it's firsthand. It's just something I'm used to. If I don't do that, I feel weird, right? <laughs> but for me personally, trading itself is, it's not like it takes a lot of time neither. Right. Like like we only I only spend probably like an hour or two, three hours a day actually doing this. Right. So if there's something that's gonna overlap that and it's gonna cause me to not be able to spend an hour or two out of a 24 hour day, then I'm gonna have to realize like, yo, maybe this is not just the right season in my life for me to go ahead and and focus on that so that I can continue. Because again, I'm gonna focus on what the breadwinner is, right? That's the biggest thing, right? What's paying the bills, what's keeping the lights on, which is obviously gonna be the trading and the investing space. So I'm prioritizing that, and anything that tries to coincide with that, or that's going to stop me from doing that, then that's going to have to be put on the back burner
0: until a different period in my life. Let's well, I mean let's talk about let's talk about some things outside of trading since we're going to move there. Are there any areas or any um, sectors that you like investing in? Things that you have your eye on? Things that you're interested in getting into? Yeah, I mean, obviously, cryptocurrency
1: is probably one of the most. Most talked about things right now, you know, I'm definitely a big investor in cryptos, Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of the, the major uh, layer one projects like Polkadot, Solana, a lot of these projects. I'm a big, big time investor and believer in. So I'm definitely invested into that space. Um, NFTs is definitely something as well that I've pretty much been investing over the past, I would say, year, year and a half. You know, we've been pretty much buying some good projects. You know, one product that I'm actually in right now, you know, it's called Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I'll put this shameless plug in there, right? And, um, it's a good project, right? Strong community, amazing founders, but, you know, we've really just been hoarding a bunch of those, you know, but there's a lot, it's a lot going on with this entire space, right? The space is still brand new, but yeah, a lot of my focus has also been mainly in just investing into, uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs and just taking advantage of this entire new financial system, financial software that we're actually experiencing right now. Besides that, um, probably now just going into creating my own academy, creating my own course, being that type of role. Because again, me coming from IM, I never had to deal with that aspect, right? Because it was already created and they had people. But now me coming into this role where I'm now launching my own thing, that's also gonna be something that's gonna be a lot of my focus moving forward because then I'm stepping away from just being an educator and now I'm putting on the CEO role, right? Now I'm putting on the big boy role where now I have to juggle so many different aspects but um, those are probably the things that I'm really focused on the most, especially with the way Bitcoin is going now. A lot of people are scared, but Bitcoin is a cycle. Every four years, the halving cycle occurs, right? By and again, you can quote me on this. By this time next year, we're probably going to be bottomed out, and Bitcoin
0: is probably going to start flying once again, right? So I want to be prepared for that opportunity when it happens. No, I second that for sure. So how do you how do you pick the sectors that you're investing in? So I know that there's crypto, there's NFTs, there's you know, potentially some other things on the list. How do you choose what you put your time into? Is it strictly how much money you can make? Is it time that you have to put into it? W- what do you think? I mean, it's a little bit of both. And
1: honestly, I, I only invest into things that I truly believe in as well, right? And that I'm actually educated on. I don't just invest into things because people are hype behind it, right? I, I'm not a fan of just riding hype and waves like that, right? So I really look for for one, it does it make sense. Is it something that I'm very much interested in? Is it something that I actually understand as well, right? Especially with these crypto space. Like I've been, I've known about Bitcoin since it was like three, $400 a coin, right? So I put in a lot of time and energy into really understanding this space, understanding the cycles that it goes through, understanding the entire process, which is why I actually have a general interest for this space. But yeah, for me, it's all about really just, yeah, the, the, the potential of making money is obviously there, right? Which is why I'm also investing into a various altcoins because, you know the, the rate of return is going to be much higher than it would be like investing into bitcoin and ethereum you're only going to be able to get so much right whereas as opposed to like an altcoin or a different project that might be brand newer yeah you can make 10x 100x on that profit on that project but again it still has to make sense and it has to align with my morals and my values mm. i'm not going to jump into something just because i see it's possibly a 100x project right that's not me especially if it goes against my values and my morals are right No, I want to invest into things that I truly believe in, that I care about, and that I just see see growth in it. It doesn't have to be substantial growth, but automatically I just want to see growth. Does it have potential for growth?
0: That's awesome. I mean, you've obviously seen players in both games. You've seen traders and you've seen NFT investors. Is there any similarities that you've seen between investors and traders, common problems and common things that show up in both fields? Of course, right? There's always... Always that one,
1: I mean, not just that one, but most traders, I mean, think about it when, when Forex really came on the scene, right? Everybody was flocking to it, right? A lot of hype, a lot of hype, a lot of hype, which that hype ultimately ended up leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And I feel like that's the same thing that's happening with NFTs, right? Where a lot of people are coming in because now it's the talk, right? You see it all over social media. You see this, you see that. And again, it's also leaving a bad taste in people's mouth that get in at the high of a project and they end up closing out too soon and things like that. So I feel like that's just a a similar cycle for every type of financial market, every type of financial investment that we deal with. We're always going to have those people that literally make decisions based off hype instead of logic. And that's the one thing that people like myself and you, we're trying to change that, right? We're we're trying to be the ones that are actually changing that and actually educating people on exactly how to get into these projects. Because it really does suck when you see people actually give up on these things because, yo, people are getting rich off of this stuff. And it's only going to get crazier and crazier.
0: Yep. So it's an opportunity missed if people are losing money and they end up just like putting off the entire space and just writing it off because they had a few bad experiences. If somebody is listening to this and they've had a few bad experiences, how should, how should they be thinking about this space? Is it here to stay? Is it something that's worth going back to and learning about? Or do you think that, you know, you said we're at the high of the, the market. What does that really mean? I truly believe that this space is not going anywhere
1: right? The whole NFT space, like the graphic, the JPEG itself, like that's just, that's what's just being marketed right now. But the technology behind the JPEGs, the technology behind the platforms, the technology behind these cryptocurrencies, that's what's actually going to change the game. That's why we have so many, I mean, we have large institutions buying this stuff by the boatload, right? We have countries and presidents that are buying this stuff by the boatload, right? Cryptocurrencies. So this is not going anywhere. I really don't think it is. But- For the person that had a bad experience, don't allow that one bad experience to stop you from actually getting educated even more on it. It all comes down to education, right? Education is what's really gonna lead for you to actually go ahead and truly understand the space. But like I mentioned, most people just wanna pass that part. They wanna pass the educational part so that they can get to the results part. Mm -hmm. And that's the missing gap between this whole thing. Are you willing to actually put in some time to get educated? Because if you are, then you're gonna be rewarded. But if you're more so just focused on the actual money instead of the old bigger concept and the bigger whole thing that's happening behind it, then you're, you don't even deserve the money at the end of the day.
0: Like, that's just so, the reality. Like I make that same analogy with uh, I tell people about like real estate. I was like, if you wanted to get into real estate, it would help to know everything from the legal side, the financing side, everything from the accounting side of the whole process. Then you can go find a good deal, vet it properly, and then make sure you get into the right project versus like, okay, I just want to make the first flip, the first flip, the first flip, you buy something that's cheap, all of a sudden, it's got things wrong with it, you fix up costs. So with trading, I feel like it's the same way. If you take the time to go through those different levels, like you said, and to learn, learn those things properly, you're going to get rewarded. So I think that's awesome. So I do want to get your take on the markets before we hop off this podcast. So right now is a pretty particular time in the markets, there's some low volatility, there's not much going on but there's a potential for things to start popping off. Russia, China, things like that. How are you looking at the current market condition? Do you feel like it's going to be a slow year? How do you look at the summer? Can we get your take on markets? The overall markets itself, I I truly
1: believe that the volatility is only going to pick up. Right. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of FUD in the markets, right? A lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt, right? Things like the whole war with Russia and in Ukraine, right, we're also dealing with, I mean, inflation that has been, I mean, it hasn't been this high in, what, 30, 40 years, right, and it's not just here in the U.S., but across the entire world, every single economy is dealing with inflation, but us as traders, we're also able to utilize this information to position ourselves and take advantage of it, right, like, for me, the biggest thing right now that a lot of central banks are dealing with is trying to fight inflation. How can they fight inflation? By raising interest rates, right, raising interest rates, which is exactly what they're doing now. How can we benefit as traders through them actually raising interest rates? Right. Well, what's the whole point, or why, why are they raising interest rates? They're raising it because they want to try to slow down spending, right? They want to go ahead and try to tighten out the tighten up the mon- the monetary supply that's available. And we could take advantage of that, right? Very simple analogy, right? When there's um, high inflation, that's going to lead to interest rates going up. Interest rates going up is going to lead to the supply of money actually decreasing now because people are gonna be sitting on money a lot more. They're not gonna be spending, right? It's gonna cost more to actually invest, cost more to borrow, so less spending is going to occur. Now, when you see less spending occur, basic supply and demand states, when the supply starts to uh, decrease, but the demand is still there, the value of that asset is gonna go up. So if we understand these things, then we can position ourselves, right? That's why I've been calling dollar bullishness the past year, right? We've been predicting this for a while now, right? That the dollar was going to fly. We like to call it daddy dollar, right? Because the dollar has been absolutely on fire and I don't see that slowing down, right? We have CPI data getting, you know, coming out tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. probably going to tell us that inflation is still very much here.
0: How are yeah. we going to react? Right? So the markets dropped 20, probably 20 or 30% from the weekly lows from last week, the stock markets did. As a reaction, as an early reaction to that headline CPI data, because I think everybody's like, well, the Fed's slowing down, they're slowing down the economy, they're tightening the monetary policy, but inflation is still printing higher month over month. And so I think people are starting to to see that bake in. Now, with a bullish dollar scenario, do you think that that's due to, directly due to the Fed? And then do you think that when they start printing again, or if they start printing again, the dollar will do the opposite? I mean, it's very it's very possible, right? You know, um, because
1: if they start printing again and they if they go from quantitative tightening, which is what they're doing right now, they're trying to tighten up the monetary supply and they go to quantitative easing, then yeah, I mean, history shows that the stock market is going to benefit from that. It's all these asset markets, equity markets are going to go up, and the currencies are absolutely going to get destroyed from that. So yeah, I do believe that, right? But just like I said with that point, right? Quantitative tightening is actually happening. Literally started at the beginning of this month, right? July first, or yeah, July first where now they're actually removing $90 billion from circulation. Like, people month. don't, understand. like that's crazy. That's, a, yeah. and again, I actually seen a podcast the other day where they said at this rate, which again, I, I personally believe they're gonna have to stop this much sooner just because last time they tried to do quantitative tightening was what? 2018, 2019 and they had to pretty much take a, uh, create a whole different plan and they started lowering rates and the market started going crazy again. But like removing $90 billion a month from circulation we have to understand how that's going to really affect these markets, especially as forex traders, right? Like we're, we're trading yeah. currencies. currencies are directly correlated to what's happening in the economy. So things like that is very, very important. But yeah, if they actually go from what their plan is now and they reverse course, then, yeah, the currency, at least the fiat currencies like the dollar, all these things are going to drop. Equity markets, asset markets are absolutely going to benefit from that once again. That's
0: my opinion, at least. No, hundred percent. That's uh, that's really well said, and uh, especially the part about like how it affects currencies. A lot of people don't understand why UJ just keeps going up. Everybody keeps—it's like the trade, the gambler's fallacy. It keeps going up, and so everyone's like, at some point it has to drop. At some point it has to drop. When really, if, as long as that dollar is chugging, and as long as the the Japanese central government is doing the opposite, so they're printing more money and they're making it even cheaper to borrow because they're trying to stimulate their economy that divergence is going to cause that move to go a certain way. So um, do you try to use fundamentals on a day-to-day basis or do you try to look at it as like a big picture macro thing? And then you try to look at an overall trend. So I I, I I sort of like do both, right? I take a look at the overall bigger picture to
1: see what the overall bias is going to be for a lot of these assets, but there are certain releases that can change at least the, the momentum of the market for a short period of time. Okay, that's one of the hardest things about trading is that so many different things occur every single day, and that's why it's so hard to actually try to time this market because there's so many factors that control this. But when you get an overall bigger scope of the market and just have some type of understanding of the smaller ones, at least you'll be in a little bit of better position, right? Just like you mentioned with USDJPY, right? USDJPY has been absolutely going to the roof, and it's because of interest rate differentials, right? We're talking about the euro right now, which is what they. They're planning on actually raising, or no, the U.S. right now is at one percent, one and a half percent. Where Japanese yen, their economy is at negative rate still. Yep. So of, gonna continue to go that way. USDJPY is gonna continue flying because the Japanese yen they're doing the exact opposite of what the the Fed over here is doing. So yeah, things like that. Understanding those things is important for a bigger perspective. But now, what happens if you know Japan actually changes course and say, man, we're actually gonna go from negative <laughs> to. LA. At least a little bit of a higher rate, right? Right now, that can potentially cause a smaller change in momentum off of that data. But ultimately, the interest rate is still going to be probably much lower than what the U.S. is, so that's probably still going to be more in control. And a lot of people don't understand why this even matters, right? You got to understand from an interest rate perspective: if you have currencies in a certain economy and they're paying out one percent compared to a negative percent, <laughs> what's going to give you the what's going to give you the best percent right? The return in percentage
0: for sure, in the U.S. People don't understand that money moves globally. Like there's, there's local currencies, of course, but money moves globally and investors only ever want to put their money where they can get a return. And so if they're not making money in Japan, investors are going to move their money from Japan to any market that has the highest rate. They might borrow from Japan at negative and go put it in a US bank and get a rate of return. So people got to understand how that whole game works. Uh, Abel, I've actually really enjoyed that last part of the conversation. Like, you know, uh, it's very few people out here that's well-versed in fundamentals. That can, that can, they're really well, um, well-equipped and you, you definitely have your eye on the ball, especially with what's happening in current times. So any yeah. last advice you want to give to folks that's relevant right now?
1: Yeah, for or, sure. Or, and it just, just to piggyback off, Lily, this is, I mean, leading into the, the perfect thing, right? It just to piggyback off of what we were just talking about, fundamentals is what controls this market. Sentiment is also what also controls this market like I get it right we need to come in we also need to understand technicals we need to understand you know what the market is doing from a market structure and price action perspective because you know we are trading on margin here right so our, our we have to be very precise with our entry so technical analysis we're not trying to downplay it at all it's important it's needed but you have to be able to get the bigger scope of things first again going back to the story if you only have one chapter of the story then your ability to predict what the overall, the bigger story is saying is going to be not as likely as if you actually went through every single chapter in that story. So my advice, really start to get into fundamentals more. Really start to understand sentiment because that's a big part of it. Sentiment, do your research on risk on and risk off sentiment. Understand what assets are going to benefit during a risk on environment, what assets are going to benefit during a risk off environment. And that in itself, that alone can take your trading up tenfold just by simply understanding that key concept, right? So
0: that that's a definitely a good way to end it for sure. That is the best way to end the, podca- the podcast. Make sure that you guys go and look into sentiment, which is something that a lot of people don't do. Abel Melendez, wisdom from years of experience. I really appreciate you stopping by the podcast. You're welcome anytime on the show, brother. Thank you for coming on.